Coming to you from the Smelly Dog Studio. Oh, come on. It's the Sons of Honarchy <laughs> Podcast. Which boys? Uh, I am Steve O. You can find me on Twitter at DrunkShySoxFan. And Hot Take Tommy. So on this episode of the Sons of Honarchy Podcast, we are going to talk to you about playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> and Jim uh, Senior. Yes, and and uh, you know we got some other things going on. Obviously, a little stuff in the slow cooker over here for a big long off season. Anyway, all this is brought to you by just us. cooking cocaine. Okay, slow no, cooking. that it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, the cocaine a little bit on the side, um, and uh, just us. So rate subscribe. Yes, make sure you rate subscribe review. We are your favorite four star White Sox podcast. Obviously, yeah, um, we are at four point one stars last time I checked. Still top. So yeah. you know what? We would love to be your favorite four star podcast. So yep. just keep us at four point one. You can round down four yeah. respond to. So yeah, make sure you go go and do that. Well, so, if people rated us five stars, that would mean that more people would find us, and then more people would be telling is us. Is that true? Is that yeah. true? Because you know, here's the thing: I was looking algorithms. I was on Spotify the other day, as I am every day. Like that's probably if there are like five apps that I use daily, Spotify is definitely one of them. I definitely do not live without Spotify. That was like a weird way to say that, but um, I understand. But it was just a weird way to say it. But um, Spotify was giving podcast suggestions um Did they suggest that you should listen to the sons of Harness? and they should suggest yeah um no it's this podcast called your favorite band sucks which i had heard of before but they like basically go through like all of these music artists all of these uh bands and whatever and talk about how they suck um Funny. even if they're like very like <laughs> critically acclaimed right like literally like they'd take every single band and shit on them um, their most recent one is the Jimi Hendrix experience sucks. Okay. Like <laughs> they literally just say that everybody sucks okay. um, and talk about it for a half hour. Now your favorite band sucks has a 3.6 star rating. And it was being suggested to 3.6 stars and it was suggested to me. Okay. So I don't know if we're 4.1 stars and we might well, still we're be better than that. We are better than that. Asked. Yeah. Um, but speaking of speaking of uh, music opinions, Steve, Midnight oh, by Taylor, Taylor, Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah, suck. She does not suck. She actually is the one of the greatest songwriters of our generation. That's actually She's the reason for the true. teardrops on my guitar. The only thing that keeps me wishing on a wishing star. Yeah, that's that's good. Are you fucking serious, <laughs> Steve? Could you have written it? Look, yes, no. yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me take you back two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago now, to my wedding day. Well, you could say you could say the pre midnight's era and the post midnight's era. This is this is kind of like a a, a, a landmark of our generation. This the drop of this album. You're so you can me, right? you can you say pre post midnight. Is, is it a landmark of our generation? Because it play uh, the sneak peek was on Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Halo literally turned on the game, the football game, the Cardinals versus Saints game, which is on Thursday night, ass, which I had zero intention of watching. Yeah, but the second half was on in the background, or at least like the end, the end of the first half, going into the second half, third quarter, was on because Kayla wanted to see the little sneak peek of the little teaser for the album that was played only on Amazon Prime during. 
the NFL football game. That's so dumb. I'm sorry. It's not okay. dumb. No, dude. The that's where that's where capitalism you you of all people should love capitalism, Steve. Because you're what a corporate white you're a corporate White Sox fan. Oh, right? I know I'm a corporate White so, Sox fan. I can, I so you that. should appreciate Swift that much more because look, like it's let's call a spade a spade. Taylor Swift is the most capitalist person in the world, right? Why why would you drop two albums? Why would you drop Midnight's at Midnight and then drop the 3 a.m. version right after at 3 a.m.? The only okay. way to do that. This is, by the way, this is actually, you know, not my observation. This is Kichi's observation, my wife's observation. No, for sure. Who has, like, and it, and it just clicked with me. It's like, wow, yeah, she is more capitalist than capitalism. Can I also remark on how dumb the marketing tactic is of naming the album Midnight and dropping it at midnight? No, that's a good, it's, first of all, it's Midnight's. Midnight. It's plural. Yeah. yeah, dude. Read a book, Steve. Is it actually? I think so. Um, but the point is that that's not a bad marketing technique because then you know when it's going to come out. Okay. Every big <laughs> album, every major record label. Confirmed album. it is called Midnight's with a plural. It is. It is plural. Okay. Anyway, okay. every album. What were you Every saying? album. Every big album. Literally even every small band album. I think like bands like as big as Mayday Parade and like I'm wearing a Bring Me the Horizon You literally right just said small bands like Mayday Parade, you dumbass. <laughs> hey, Mayday Parade's pretty small. No, they're not. Okay, I'll, I'll In allow, comparison I'll to Taylor bring Swift. Me, you should have said Bring Me the Horizon because they're a smaller band than... Bring Me the Horizon had, is, more popular, their right now. Yeah. is more popular than Mayday Parade. Just like ah, Dude, I don't know about that. They, okay. they are. Um, bring Me the Horizon. All that being said, Mayday, is, Parade by the way, still, Mayday Parade still can't sell out the basement at the rave. Let me put that <laughs> okay. <laughs> tough, tough analysis. I love them, but they're they've reached peak fun. You time. also have. I I just realized yes. the album cover for the shirt that you have on, and I really appreciate that. Sempaternal baby. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I gotta let you finish your thought. I'm, I apologize. Yes. All that being said, where I was going with this, and you completely derailed me, but it's fine. Of course it is. All of these bands, when they drop an album, guess when it drops. Midnight, baby. Midnight. It always drops at midnight Eastern. There's nothing special about Taylor Swift dropping an album at midnight. Yeah, but it it's should called... not be promoted. No, Steve, it's called Midnight's. It's still stupid. No, you, I don't think you get the genius here. Like, so she's going to drop yes, it at I get midnight. It's plural. I get it. That's the only thing. Plural. So she drops it at midnight. drops the one at 3 a.m. But when is what, what time zone is 3 a.m.? She should have dropped it at. Hold on. Oh, I guess West Coast. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I'll give I'll give her that. That's you're getting it. you're getting a stink eye from across the room, by the way. So because I'm ripping on Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. Is your wife a Swifty? Yeah, dude. Are, you, a, are you a Swifty? Yes. Literally, you're surrounded you by Swifties, bro. Yourself. Everybody's a Swifty. Well, I'll tell you what. You two and my wife. Yeah, we'll hang out. Mariana and Jen, you all can go and go to the Taylor Swift Soldier Field concert when she does her big tour. Yeah, in a year or whatever. And we're gonna and enjoy ourselves, and you're gonna be at home. Two hundred and fifty dollars in the nosebleeds. While well, it, we're while I go to Bottom Lounge and go see somebody play for ten bucks. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're gonna have the time of our lives, and you're gonna be sad and lonely, punch dancing in the basement. 
I love um, punch dancing in the basement. That's my dude, favorite. That was one of my favorite parts of your wedding is punch dancing with you on the on the fucking well, it was more like moshing straight up, but yeah, moshing, hardcore dancing. It was all good. It was very fun. Oh okay. shit. Tom, we're eight minutes into this podcast. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> we should talk about? Well, uh probably uh <laughs> baseball I at least say. baseball there is no white yeah. Sox baseball right now but we're a white Sox baseball podcast and there's a key word in there baseball so we should probably talk about baseball and not music yes um, as you blow kisses to your wife you're you, you, <laughs> oh, swift you got me you got me. your swifty love together <laughs> you caught me doing that huh um yes no i i'm 100 percent down to start talking about baseball um so Let's think about it, though. Uh, where, where I this is, I think this is something that uh, the whole nation should kind of come down on one side or the other, okay. um, because there's a lot of people who don't give a shit about the NLCS, but it is exciting. It is exciting. So I, agree. I want I want you to describe if you're a Phillies guy or if you're a Padres guy and why. All right. So this was tough for me because I. You know, I'm not a big unless the White Sox are in it. I'm not a big playoff baseball guy, right? Right. It's, it's the thick. You're starting to get into the thick of football season, right? Um, obviously, that's where college sports is where I do a majority of my sports betting as well, <laughs> like a true yeah. degenerate. Um, <laughs> all that ability alone. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. So, with that thought in mind, I actually sat down and I watched an LCS game four last night. Oh, Phillies Padres. That was a good game to watch. That was a fun game. Now, I actually turned it on uh, bottom of the first. I missed the top of the first. Hmm. So I'm like, holy shit. San Diego's up for nothing. Game over. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, that's a that's a really nice cushion. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, four runs isn't going to win this game. But four runs is a nice start to a game. Uh, It's a nice head start, you know? Uh, that's like running the 400 meter and like getting a nice like 150 meter lead against your opponent. Um, yes, the running analogies we should use them more often. Absolutely, everybody. Hey, we have we have some runners that listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> well, there's you. Um, shout out Luke Taylor. Yeah, I was just go. talking to him. He actually sent me a picture we'll with the old koozie. Um, he sent me a picture with the old koozie. The, the rebuilder bust in Hanway Trust. I love uh, that. Music. So I we'll talk more that. about that, actually. I don't want to divert, but I do want to talk more about that later. Now, Phillies, Padres. Yeah. I want I want to be a Padres guy, kind of, because right. my guy Willie P is out in yes. San Diego. Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't want to air Willie P's business out here too much, but Willie P uh, was talking about possibly moving out of San Diego um, at the end of the fall, and that's kind of been put on the back burner. Um, so I want to be a Padres guy cause I love San Diego. I love Willie. Willie took me to Petco to experience my first, right. uh, Padres game. Excellent experience. Great ballpark. I love the Padres for that reason. However, I remember in eighth grade, I had to do this report. <laughs> you already are laughing. At me. Come on. I, just, I mean, I just didn't realize we were going down, down the rabbit hole. Oh, we are. Like, now, you asked, way down. I you did asked, ask, and I, I did. In eighth grade, <laughs> I had to do this report on like basically it was like a whole binder. It was like a 25 page binder that we had to put together of like our life dreams and aspirations Damn. and goals and how we, you know, experience like how we imagine ourselves living um, with like pictures and everything, too. Right. 
and the city that I chose to live in in the future, of course, was Philadelphia, baby. Uh, oh, oh, that oh, is- you thought it was San Diego. <laughs> I oh. mean, I think everyone else in the world would have chosen San Diego over Philadelphia. Philly, but Philly, Philly's got that like mid. It's it, it's on the East Coast, but it's got that Midwest grind. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's that's true. There's something gritty that's- about Philly. You know, yeah, that's why their per- mascot it's, not, it's far from perfect. Yes. Yeah. The mascot is called Gritty. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Um, there's something just genuine about it. And there's a ton of history there. I've always been yep. a history guy yep, ever since there. late elementary school. Um, Philly is full of history, chalk full of history. Um, and the walls at Santa. It, yeah. And honestly, their sports franchises are pretty similar to Chicago sports franchises. Um, yes, that's just like that's kind true. of these glimmers of hope a lot of times that don't pan out into championships. Yeah. So Philly. Um, so I don't know. I, I part of me, I'm torn on this. You've got connections to both cities, is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Um, they both have a little special place in my heart. I don't know. I I, I like the fight in Phils this year, man. They're they are. Yeah. They're a fantastic team, and there's something something special is happening with that lineup, especially that one through five. Um, and Bryce Harper, man, I mean, how can you not love? Uh, yeah, the story of Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. So the should have been Chicago White Sox, Bryce. Harper, yes, but yes, for only twenty five mil, he's worth every fucking penny, every penny, which is so disappointing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, man. So, so I don't, I, I'm really hoping the Phillies go all the way because, I mean, they got a 3 okay. 1 lead. They got a 3 1 lead. Whoever comes out of the end now, I hope they win it all. So, you are a Phillies guy, is what you're saying. Team After Phillies. Let's go. Even though Willie P, Willie Padre, that's what it stands for. P is for Padre. <laughs> I like that. That's. You're going against your guy, basically. I understand. No, I, I'll, I'll I'll let him know. But I I find myself I I've actually tried to be a Padre guy, but it it is hard because I of the way that the Phillies have played. Like it's been fun to watch the Phillies, and you know I I also feel a kindred spirit to their shitty defense. You know, we, we we watch shitty defense and we have a team that's supposed to mash and just like ignore the fact that they can't play defense because they're just hitting tanks. That's what the White Sox is supposed to be. So I'm like watching what the White Sox are supposed to be uh, in the playoffs and, you know, kind of jealous of that. But, you know, I still find myself liking the Padres model where it's just fuck it. We're all in. You know, like whether or not they should be all in doesn't matter. You know, they're in a division with with a team that's winning 111 games like year in, year out, basically. Oh, I heard a stat. This is crazy about the Dodgers really quick, if I may. In the last five years, they've got a winning percentage of 646, which is the best five year stretch of uh, five year stretch for any team winning percentage wise since 1961. Wow. it's they're just too fucking good it's it's genuinely upsetting how good the dodgers are okay so that being said like the padres have no business going all in right like they really like in a division like that it doesn't make logical sense to go all in but here they are they're like fuck it we're getting juan soto and josh bell at the deadline and and by the way that josh hater he looks nice too like why but uh, 
so I love that. I love the game that they're playing and I want them to do well. I, I like Juan Soto. I want him to succeed. You know, his swagger is the team. The, the game needs more of that. And Manny yeah. Machado, dude, the way that his growth as a player, as much as you talk about Bryce Harper and say like, how can you not love that story? I love the Manny Machado story where For he's sure. like yelling at Fernando Tatis when the team sucks basically saying like you're better than this fuck you and start playing like you like you care like that that whole narrative last year Mm -hmm. and then into this year where he's just full-on like okay i have to be the leader for this team so i'm gonna be the leader for this team that's that's great from being like the jag he was when he was on the dodgers to now i love that i love that that narrative so i think i'm a padres guy but the Phillies, man, they're fun as fuck to watch. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I I agree with everything that you're saying. It's a hard choice, but yeah, uh, both teams are a lot of fun to watch. I just I like what I like what the Phillies front office has done too, because I think it's what yep. the White Sox front office should have done. Yeah, just like you go pay out, out the ass. You go, you pay out the ass. And here's the thing: is honestly, the the pay difference between what the White Sox spent this year and what the Phillies spent this year at the start of the year. Yeah, really wasn't that big of a difference. Okay, yeah. now what the Phillies did is they went and they got guaranteed bats. Okay, right. They went out and they got Kyle Schwarber. They went out and they got Nick Castellanos, even though he didn't have a he's great year a this bit. year. <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't he's, have a great year this year. In but the playoffs, though, he has. He's, been, he's been better in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, especially last night. Um, mm-hmm. He went out and you got your cornerstone franchise piece. Tom, yep. tell me, do the White Sox have a cornerstone franchise face of the franchise player? Jose Abreu. No, and that's the thing. <laughs> you don't build off of a 36-year-old. And Tim yeah, Anderson yeah, just isn't there yet. Tim, Tim Anderson, Anderson, I don't think he he ever will be. He's not a Man, five-tool that, player. Wow, when you, he's not a five-tool player. Hey, if you juice the ball again, he would be. He doesn't have enough pop in his bat to be a power guy. He's not re- reliant enough in the field to be a gold glover. I mean, if you can go get a MVP caliber player and you don't already have an MVP caliber pay- player that you're paying, yeah. go out and do it. And that's yeah. what the Phillies did. Well, that's the okay. narrative that we see in the NLCS too. As White Sox fans, you get to see the the Manny Machado experience and the Bryce Harper experience, where we lost out on both of those sweepstakes in the same year, and how devastating that was. Yeah. Or what? Well, no, no. Sorry, back to back years. Correct? Am I? Oh uh, no, same year. It was the same year. Okay. Oof. Going going into 2019. Yeah. So we lost out on those sweepstakes, and we're seeing the the fruits of basically what could have been. You know, if you want to draw that, you know, thread through there, you can. But uh, to go back to, you know, really quick with Tim Anderson's, you know, lack of pop and kind of the lack of pop that you saw in Jose Abreu as well. Both of these guys have developed kind of like oppo power. And there is something that I don't think we've said on this platform before, but I've heard said over and over again um, on the athletic podcast. So I want to share it here is that in changing the ball from 2021 to 2022 the power obviously went down across the league we all know this that's that's been talked about a lot but specifically the power to the opposite field has dropped 
30%. Uh, homers to opposite field has dropped 30%, whereas pole home runs have only dropped 15%. Mm-hmm. So guys who relied on opposite field power, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, these guys, their home runs are like gone. Gone, right? Whereas your pole hitters, Kyle Schwarber, they're still doing fine. That's why you go out and sign Rizzo in the offseason, right? Rizzo would work. Rizzo would absolutely work. Absolutely um, play on the White Sox. That's for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, a lefty pole guy would be 100% where you should go because I don't think they're going to mess with the ball again because they've done it in, like, back-to-back-to-back seasons. They can't – like, they have to find some consistency at some point. Yeah. So, Well, I mean, hitting approach and coaching, I think, is a big part of that, too. Fuck yes. Frank Manichino. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Frank I mean, Manichino. that's another reason why, you why I like to, pull, to hit Oppo. That's another when, reason why yeah. I like the Phillies because they did something that the White Sox should have done. You cut Joe Girardi as manager. Yep. And you go a different direction. Yeah. Right? You just say, this isn't working. Fuck it. Let's just like sh- shift strategies immediately. Yeah, that that that's a hundred percent. Because they were like what three games under five hundred at the time. I think they were twenty nine and twenty six, something like that, right? Or twenty six and twenty nine, rather. Like, is is somewhere in that ballpark? And and they were just like, let's pull the plug on this right now, right? And you had a guy, and I think this is where the Phillies were different. Is you had a guy in Rob, Rob Thompson who was a part of the organization for a long time, right? Miguel Cairo hasn't been there forever. I mean, what are you going to do? Name Daryl Boston as the manager oh, yeah. of the White Sox. I, I, it, yeah. bro. Joe McEw- <laughs> oh, I get maybe Joe McEwing. Super Joe. Super Joe. Finally um, steps into his role. No, he's 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 a big like feelings guy. So I don't know if that necessarily would be a great managerial quality. Right. right. Who knows? Who knows? So, I mean, the Phillies were set up for success in that area, I guess. But that being said, I I love that they said, okay, we are underachieving. The morale of this ball club is low. Mm-hmm. The fans can feel it. The players can feel it. Does that there's sound familiar? Anybody? Way, it's yep. It's there's way too much talent on this team for them to be performing the way they have 50, 55 games into the year. Mm-hmm. Let's cut ties. Um, so kudos to the Phillies for having that hindsight. Yeah, we literally yeah. needed Tony Larusa to have a health crisis. Like that's the <laughs> that's the only way that this happened. Like. Yeah, uh, that's need we say more. Um, there there is issue. There was issues in in making that decision. Okay, yeah. You want to talk uh, AL playoffs, right? Yes, I do. So, uh, I, <laughs> the joy I feel. The Yankees lose. <laughs> oh my God! The tears, the absolute tears of New York fans. Like the Mets suck. Or got they actually what what I think genuinely is that they shouldn't the Mets fans shouldn't be crying as much as they should because they had a hundred and one win season just enjoy it but also like means nothing it oh, wow you're in that camp too crazy yeah. you crazy. gotta win it all man wow think about think about the White Sox and that is a very black and white way to see the world and it, it is continue. think about the White Sox in 2021 right yay you had 93 wins right. You won yes. your division. You won your division. Congratulations on your Mickey Mouse banner that you get to Oh, hang. my God. Wow. Okay. You are. Hey, I'm going to throw you into my bone to pick later because that is that's you're so you're telling me it's it's if it's that black Demand and white more. Demand more. Right. OK. So there's 30 teams in the in the MLB. Right. 
So yep. only one of them can win the championship. And we can all agree that the playoffs is pretty random as far as outcomes go, because you had the Dodgers who won 111 games and what you're going to say to them fucking rebuild because clearly it's not working not rebuild, not be not rebuild, but it's like, okay, what, what are you going to do? Go back to the drawing board and what are you going to do about it? And the White Sox did absolutely nothing about it between right, 20, right. Okay, 20, okay, 20, okay, 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 okay. But what, what you literally just said is you or said 21 and 22. the Dodgers, the Dodgers, you want them to retool for next season. They literally oh, had no. the one of the greatest seasons. Wait, we went from the Mets to the White Sox no, 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 to the no, no, Dodgers. No. I you, Okay, so you didn't listen to me. I said like the Dodgers had this really good season. And but it means nothing unless you come away with something more than just a division title. Just saying. That's that is it. Well, in the Mets case, you didn't even get that. So that I can understand where that's coming there from. There you go. That makes more that as an argument makes more sense. But it's like you're literally back to your mindset though. If before we even get to the American League, I need to side sidebar this. You're saying that only one team in the in the MLB every year can win the World series so it's an absolute it is a failure of a season if you do not win the world series depends on the team it depends on the team that i that i will allow but i just like you know this this black and white mindset of if we don't win the world series it's a complete failure and we should consider rebuilding is like if you're the mets and you spent as much money as you did and you went as all in as you did Yes. If you are the White Sox and you didn't even make the fucking playoffs. Yes. If you are the Dodgers and you have been the best team in baseball historically in the last five years that baseball has seen in the last 60. Yeah. Yeah. The best yeah. team that in the in a five year stretch that maybe this sport has ever seen in regard to dominance. And you have one Mickey Mouse World Series to show for it. Such a dick for that, but yes. <laughs> and you just got bounced in the first round of the playoffs, then yes, it is a failure of season. Okay. Throw my arms up and, and do the the Michael Jordan shrug. Do the the or uh, the the Usher shrug. Yeah. When he's yeah, yeah, yeah. With, when he's yeah, betting with when he's betting with Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you know, I I think I have to agree to disagree in the sense that like uh, you, I, I can't look at a 111 win season and say failure. I can't look at a 101 win season and say failure. I mean, choke then. A choke, sure. I mean, the the what 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 does Bernstein say? It, it's uh, um, clutch is just the absence of 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 choke or something like he says something like that on on the choke score, is but. the absence of clutch. Something like that. But anyway, but it's like, you know, clutch is not it's not something that you can um, the absence of suck, I think, is what he actually says. But it's it's not something you can quantify. Right. Clutch. But you can see it. Right. Like when somebody Ben Simmons, for instance, like well, man's can't shoot in general. But exactly. But like, you know, especially when the crowd is yelling at him. He just for some he just loses it. So it's like he is the absolute epitome. That's why I went to him. He's the epitome of zero clutch gene, like zero, <laughs> you know. So anyway, all of that to be saying, like that whole sidebar, I disagree with you fundamentally on this on the stance that like World Series or bust mentality, because there's got to be a middle ground at some point. However, 
going back to AL playoffs, chalk, 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 chalk all over. Like they're like you have the Yankees versus the Astros, which if you had drawn up the American League championship series at the beginning of the year, probably seventy five percent of people would have had Yankees Astros. So uh I mean, not that I like it any less. It's it's just it's fun to see the Yankees get trounced. I just wish it wasn't the Astros doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I knew I knew Houston was a good ball club going into this year. I knew they right. were good throughout the year. Yep. I knew they'd be good going into the playoffs. Yep. I didn't think they'd be this good. They're I mean, really really good. I mean, they're they're beyond good. They're yeah, They're making people look stupid. 100%. And this is a team that hasn't lost a game since October 3rd. Yeah. And okay, most I mean, the, I know they haven't played every day. They haven't played every day. Yeah. But then again, that's a 20-day stretch where they haven't lost a game, and they are beating teams convincingly, right? The only yes. game that's been close and a nail-biter, I feel like, was that 18-inning game. Yeah. Yeah. So and They just, like, won it anyway. So it's... It is pretty wild, you know, to like they're, they're going to just roll through. I think they I mean, honestly, like I think the NL championship teams, like both of them were wild card teams. I think they're going to be pretty fucking spent by the time they get to the pennant, uh, get to the World Series. Astros are going to I think this is their champ, their championship to lose, you know, like World Series to lose specifically like. And I know I'm calling the series over before the Yankees, you know, but they're down 3-0 and they I got, don't, no, I don't and they think, lost the Cole game. Like I don't think the Yankees I don't game. think the Yankees are coming back, but I think whoever makes it out of the NL has a really good shot to win the World Series. Like a very good shot. They like they, if if they are playing really well. If so. the NL team is plus odds, like significant plus odds like You're over over plus 180, then I'm probably throwing down on the NL team You're just because I, I really like, I, there's something I, there's something you can't explain with the Phillies this year. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, other, I mean, I mean their yeah. roster construction and their order one through five is fantastic. Um, they're, got, they're starting rotation. N- oh no. I meant their, their, their batting order. Oh, their batting order. Okay. They're like, like they're three, four, five uh, of the pitchers are like no, no. names. So, <laughs> but the bullpen has been solid too for them. Which is hilarious because that's been such an issue for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Sir Anthony. That guy is just really good. Anyway. Um, you're wild for that, though, because we just said how good the Astros are. Like, they're they, really they're, good. Don't get me they're, wrong. They're really good. I just think, like, there's something about getting into the rhythm and staying in the rhythm of playing baseball. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, the at the uh, the Astros haven't lost since October third. Yep, I think from October fourth until now they've played six games, seven games of baseball. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's it. So you just kind of fall out of that rhythm sometimes. Hey, if you if you don't have to play five games in the division series, you don't have to play five games in the division series. If you don't have to play seven games in the championship series, you don't have to play seven games in the championship. Like that's not their fault. It's, it's, it is good. It it isn't. <laughs> But yeah, there's something with staying in the rhythm of playing ball, especially in yeah. baseball. I mean, that's what happened to the Braves and the Dodgers. You could argue is that the the wild card, missing having the buy in the wild card 
round was their detriment. You, right. could, you could argue. One could argue. So, Well, I'll tell you what, Tom. One thing that we haven't done on this podcast in a minute is take a quick break. Usually we do like this halfway point. Oh, yeah. And, and your man's got to use the bathroom. So Ooh, not me. This will we'll be, be me. It's, it's that coffee, man. We'll be yeah. right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sons of Honarchy podcast. Um, Did you miss us for those 15 seconds? Yeah, I know, right? Well, it was more like, you know, it's like four or five minutes on our end. So. On our end, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Tom, you got a, a, a time, uh, what do you call that, timeless? Yes, a timeless segment of the Sons yes. of Honarchy podcast that you want to hop into. Yes, and it is, in fact, a bone to pick, so... Now, what I want to talk about is, as fans, oh, you you hit me with the, here we go, <laughs> before I even, let the people decide for themselves whether it's a here we go moment. Um, <laughs> but as fans, I think what we should all try to take the perspective of is we got to control what we can control. And what that means is we shouldn't be yelling and complaining about things that will not change. Because it's a when you break it down, it's a cop out. You can't. It means that you're arguing about things that can't change, and you're avoiding having an opinion about something that can change, right? So, what do I mean by this? What do I mean by this? For the White Sox players on field right now, what are things that can change this off season? And I'm talking about in the short term. I'm talking about in the short term. That's a major caveat to my argument here is that in the short term what are things that can and cannot be altered going into the 2023 season so the white Sox player acquisitions this offseason you could see an outfielder you could see a middle infielder you could see a starting pitcher maybe you know those are the kind of acquisitions that you're probably going to see that are that are options at least what are things that are not going to change about the White Sox players this offseason? You're not going to see core players go anywhere. You're not going to see Tim Anderson, Eloy, Yoan, Yasmani, and unfortunately, no, you're not going to see Leori Garcia. Did I forget to say Luis? None of those guys are changing. Those positions are locked. That's the players that you're going to see on the field next year at short, third base, uh, catcher, most games, center field, and your utility guy, those guys are set. You're not going to see any change. Now, what then? Why would you? Why would you yell and scream about Yoan? Why would you yell and scream about Liuri? This is not going to change. You can be upset at their performance. Go right ahead, but you're not going to just don't call for their heads because it's not. That's you're going to be yelling into empty space. You know, talk about things that can. And can change, can be different about your socks going into. Okay, so let's keep going. Let's keep going. We got more here. I have more examples. What are what are things that can change about the White Sox here, going into 2023? The managerial and coaching staff. 
Now, if you're a person that's a proponent of getting a new manager, well, obviously we need one. But are you also then a proponent of firing the entire staff? Are you a proponent of a little bit of continuity within the staff? Are you one of the team that wants just Ethan Katz to stay and everybody else can go? That's important. That's a distinction that you can make. These are changes that can be made. What are some things that are not going to change about the White Sox in this offseason? You're not going to see Rick Hahn's release. And you're not going to see Jerry selling the team. So people who are calling for those things to happen, that's just not, it's, that's not going to happen this year. That's not going to happen probably even next year. You know, Rick Hahn, with all of his flaws, and I can't admit his flaws, has won, he has gone to back-to-back playoffs for the first time in, in franchise history. And shake your head all the fuck you want. That <laughs> is something that is not our decision. That's Jerry's decision. And he had a and he had an absolute tank of a season this year, an absolute shithole of a season season in 2022. But the players are still signed. Most of them are still signed for a couple more years. The window is still open, if you believe in that. Like, but the way that it was drawn up three years ago with the with the players that they have now, it's the same. It is a a, according to plan in the sense that the, the guys are still there. The guys that you're counting on performing are still on the team and still have the opportunity to rewrite the script according to the way Rick Hahn wanted it to be done. So there's no way that they're going to can him in the middle of the thing that he drew up is all I'm saying. So if you're arguing that he should be canned, it's just not going to happen. It's maybe if we have another shit season in 2023, but it's just, it's un, it's it's something that you shouldn't be calling for because it's not going to change. Talk about something that could change, right? Tom, like are you are, are you enjoying the ride? I am enjoying the ride. No, I'm not fucking enjoying the ride. <laughs> now, the things that can change about the White Sox in 2023 player performance, right? You can you can talk about getting a different message across these players, trying a different tactic, getting them to actually perform to their potential to stay healthy. Those are things that we can talk about things that we can't change the 81 and 81 season. We just had right. Like there, there's nothing we can do about the on-field performance that we just saw. And I don't think a lot, this is, this one's more like me saying, let's move forward and think about things that can change here and realize that, the season we just had is not necessarily going to be the season that we're going to have. We can all agree that these players have more talent than what was shown on the field in 2022. There's no reason to think that they're going to suck that bad again. That's all I'm saying. So okay. Steve, you have, you have a lot of issues with what I just said. I know this. I know this. So, so lay it on me to say I don't think I have a lot of issues with what you're saying. I think it's your frustration is with who then the fan base in a, in a, yeah. I mean, look fan, how you're going to fan. Right. But I'm, what I think is frustrating for me is when the fan base kind of 
the loudest people in the fan base sometimes are are the ones who keep calling for the same thing over and over and over again. The same narrative where it's like Jerry needs to sell the team. Jerry is a clown. Rick Hahn's got to go. We got to rebuild the whole thing. And it's where I was mad at you earlier with the black and white mindset where it's like, okay, like, look, you can be mad at the decisions that are made at the top as much as you want to be. But when you know that that's not going to change the way that the team is operating in the short term, let's have some opinions about, look, like we all agree, Jerry's not a great owner. We can all agree with that. He's never signed somebody for $100 million, right? We can all agree that Rick Hahn has made mistakes, right? Fernando Tatis, although he's on PEDs. But like, you know, there's plenty of issues that I have with these guys. But in the short term, you're you're copying out of having an opinion about things that could actually happen on the field, could actually happen in the offseason. That's all I'm saying. It's like I'm I'm sick of that narrative is where I'm kind of coming down. And like it's not going to be a tear the whole fucking thing down because we tried that already and that got us in this situation now. Why would we try to tear down again? What are things that we can do to make this ball club better? Let's discuss, you know, <laughs> like, but let's not talk about Jerry selling the team because it's literally never going to happen. Okay. Let me ask you then, as a fan, Tom, fan how you want a fan. But let me you... ask you this question as a fan. How content are you with where the White Sox are right now? So I brought out the good old-fashioned White Sox doomsday clock, right? Yes. I mean, let's say 1 o'clock is, you know, we're, we're living large, right? We're looking at a World Series or we're celebrating a World Series. You know, and, and 11 o'clock to midnight is blow the whole damn thing up again. You know, this is an absolute disaster. I hate everything about this ball club and this organization and this team. Right. Where are you at? For me, I'm I'm somewhere around three o'clock. You're Two. still at three o'clock. You feel yeah. very good about where the White Sox are at right now. There, I think this has a ton to do with the openness of the possibilities of this offseason. Like you have a team that by all accounts has a lot of talent. The core position players, there's a lot of talent on this team. People who have had great seasons on the back of their baseball card, a lot of them are on this team. Maybe last season wasn't one of those seasons for a lot of the guys, but a lot of them have shown at the major league level that they can produce and they are on the White Sox roster going into 2023. That is a good thing. Now there are holes in the in the lineup that you can that they're they're obvious. You know, us as fans can see that there is no right fielder. Us as fans can see that second base is kind of a weak position. Us as fans can see that maybe we're paying too much for a relief pitch relief pitchers when we didn't get that much production out of them, barring Liam Hendricks, because he's the you know highest war of a relief pitcher in the last like three years. So that's that's just factual. But you know, all of those things to be said, there are in, incredible opportunities for a great season next year. The, 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 the groundwork is there, is what I'm saying. It, it does have to do, like, if the Sox have a shitty offseason, then I will not be at 3 o'clock. But right now, there's a, an incredible possibility of a division championship next year and a run in the playoffs. There, there just is. It, it is absolutely possible. We are not the Royals. We are not the Tigers. Mm -hmm. You know, we we have it. We are not even the the fucking twins because they're 
what are the, what the hell are they going to do? They they sold it all to get through this postseason and totally tanked. Like we are in a better position than all those teams. We just are. So I'm at three o'clock. In in the long term, those teams may be in a better position. In the next two years, the White Sox should be in a better position. Yeah. However, it's going to take a spending type of mentality. It's going to take an all-in type of mentality. I'm not saying that Han has to go out and be Preller, you know. And I'm not sa- well. And I'm not saying that that Jerry needs to go be. I don't even know who owns the Padres, but you can go look that up while I'm money talking. guy. But exactly right. I'm not saying that they're gonna have to spend Mets type Steve Cohn Mets type of money, but yeah. it's gonna need to be a smart and strategic approach out of the front office because right, right now. I'm not feeling great about it. Right now, they're probably sitting on uh, 25, 30 mil to spend next uh, in this offseason per year, like per year annual right. AAV, right, right. Yeah. AAV, 25 to 30 mil to supplement the rest of their roster. If they're going to be close-ish to where this year's levels were. Sounds like a Trey Turner to me. I'd, I'd, there you go. There's all your money on one player. Yep. I mean, if you want a superstar also type then. player, you absolutely do it. But it's going to take a little bit more than just a superstar player, I think. Yeah, I think and that's, do... that's also not a position of need. So there's that. I mean, unless you move him to second, he's played second. So that's or or you yeah. moved him to second. I have no opposition fill, to that either. Fill the holes that you have, not the fills that not the holes that you don't have. I've already talked about now, Fielder. Talked about that last episode. I know. Ad nauseum. I'm just saying. Ad nauseum I talked about now, Fielder. Um mm-hmm. now that starts with Jerry. I will say that. It, you can you can say it till you're blue in the face. Jerry needs to sell the team. Jerry needs to sell the team. To be honest with you, with Jerry as the owner of the White Sox. In 2022, 2023, and moving forward into this decade of baseball, I don't know if the White Sox can win with Jerry Ryan, win it all with Jerry Reinsdorf as owner, unless there's a mentality shift. Okay. And the problem is the person that's closest to him in regard to baseball operations, Kenny Williams, just does whatever Jerry wants. And, and then you've got your GM, Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn just does basically whatever Kenny wants. Okay. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, I do, I do as this person says it's, it's yes, sir. Mentality in the front office, unfortunately. And then on top of that, that's how you end up with a manager like Tony La Russa. Right. Well, it's because he said so. Well, it's because he said so. Well, it's because he said this, you know, it's, it, it all gets passed up to Jerry, unfortunately. Now, I can't blame Jerry for the amount of money that was spent, okay? Now, payrolls, except for the rebuild years, Tom, this team has been in the top half of the league consistently, yeah. okay? And yeah. usually, and sometimes even top, almost, I think most of the years, well, maybe like half of the years, they're top 10, okay? Mm-hmm. That should be enough. If you put in the right pieces, if you have the right coaching staff, you have the right training staff, should be good enough to get you, especially in the AL Central, the poverty AL Central. Yes. With markets like not even close to the size of yours. Detroit's the closest. Then you got the Twin Cities. Then you got Kansas City. Then you got Cleveland. Okay. You're not, you don't have a New York. You don't have an LA. Right. You don't even have like a Boston. You don't even have like a historic Boston. Yep. 
in your or an up and up like Atlanta. Right. You don't have that in your division. You should be competing. I've said this before. There's zero reason why the White Sox shouldn't be competing for a division every year. And they've only had five playoff appearances in our lifetime, Tom. Yeah. I'll out our age here since 1995. Right. We've got five playoff appearances. 2000, 2005, 2008, 2020, and 21. Ooh, it's not acceptable. Uh, 2020 and 2021 are back-to-back, Steve. It's still not acceptable, <laughs> especially after this face plant of a year. Yes. You know what yep. this do you know what this 2022 White Sox team and the way they perform reminds me of? Tell me. It reminds me of the downfall that the Chicago Cubs faced. Yes, it does. Yeah. There, that's there's what's a- so damn sad really about it. And that's why I don't feel good. The same manager, Steve. No. no. See, the Do problem is they started with Joe Madden. We we can finish with him. So, right? See? See? Now we're, it's a really full circle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, 80, 84 and 78. They even had a better record than the White Sox, right? They finished third in the NL Central that year. They finished third in 2019. Because they're booting 84 up. and 78 record. They had, an, they had a terrible year. Now... They had more I, I, just, wins. I get those they had vibes. Year, they had more wins than the White Sox this year. Exactly. A, a so, GM, a GM that promised a parade during this window and has misspent the money. Nepotism across the board from ownership all the way down to manager and coaching staff. A lack of paying a superstar. My bone to pick is the opposite way around. Fans can absolutely complain about whatever the hell they want. They can fan how they want. They have every right to complain, especially at least in our lifetime. It's fucking terrible, Tom. Um, and, right. And you know what? Control what you can control. You're right. Control what you can control. Gut, Be angry at gut, things. Gut the coaching right. staff. Gut mm-hmm. the training there staff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. And I think that's where I'm where I'm talking about is like, look we're we're all in the same boat where we're White Sox fans forever. Like you wouldn't be listening to this for, if you weren't. So that's why I say this is where I come from when I say control what you can control. It's like be angry at things that could possibly change because otherwise it's wasted energy. You know, it's like if you're going to be White Sox fans for life and you're going to be calling for Jerry's head, you fuck. He might live forever. Like shit. He's probably going to be like a brain in a in a jar in a jar at some point. You know, like he's got that kind of money where he's just like, oh, well, I'll make myself immortal. I don't know. The problem is he doesn't he doesn't want to tell Kenny to go get rid of Rickon. He doesn't want to tell Kenny to go. Hey, go build up an analytics department. Right. Or or Kenny doesn't want, want to tell this to Jerry. So we're we're mad at the billionaire for being a nice guy to his, you know, circle like that's <laughs> at least we have a billionaire who's nice. No, I'm just kidding. That's, like, that's no zero accountability. I know. As I've talked know. about before, zero accountability. And and we're upset about this, but we've been upset about zero accountability at the at the owner level for five years now. It's like, well, like, what are we going to it's. I'm just saying, like, it's it, if it's a moot point, it's a moot point. Like, like we should open every podcast saying, "Fuck Jerry," but here we go. Um, like, it's it's just gonna be what it is. So what I'm saying is, let's be angry about things that could potentially bring about some kind of change within the foreseeable future. Where it's like, w- w- let's debate things that 
that could be one way or another that are that are based in fact, not on like look, look oh, at I the f- think based on what I've seen Jerry do that he thinks this way. You look know, at, look at the four teams that are in the playoffs right now. What are the two big things that those teams have that the White Sox don't? Payroll and development. Well, there's there's two things. Yeah, payroll. So the the money really being shelled out. Okay, development mm-hmm. is another big thing, right? And and here's the thing, though. I mean, look at the Padres. They've sold off all their development. Yeah, that's at least for pieces, right? Not- Padres, they they weren't brought up with the Padres. Most of that team, the Phillies really don't have that either. The Yankees, I mean, how many of those guys outside of Judge, who's homegrown? Bader. Yeah, Bader's not homegrown. <laughs> he started in St. Louis. Where did uh, he start? Oh, he's just young. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. The Astros can develop. They're the one team that can really develop. Yeah. Uh, the now, big thing, the big thing that all four of those teams have, Tom. Are superstar franchise players? Do the White Sox have a superstar franchise cornerstone, young, somebody that can build the future around? Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson. These are all role players right now. None of these right. guys have yeah. proven. None of these guys have proven yet that Over they the are the franchise right. cornerstone. Like everything is built around this guy, and we want him here for eternity. You can argue that Tim Anderson has been that player. You can. You absolutely can. But he's not he's toolsy enough. Title. He's, he's got... not toolsy enough. He's athletic enough. He's not toolsy enough. He doesn't. He, he doesn't have. He's not a five-tool player. The only tool that I think that you're pointing out that he's missing is the power, defense, he and power. Defense. Yeah, he's not I good mean, defensively. It's short. I hate to break it to you. I I think. The thing about him playing defense as short is that he he just misses like there's there's almost mental lapses, right? He he makes the spectacular plays, he doesn't make the routine. So I'll I'll admit that. But again, like I think you can you can argue that Tim Anderson is a franchise player. Like he is a face. He's a guy you want to keep around, but he's not he's not Bryce Harper. He's not Manny Machado. He's not Aaron Judge. He's not Trey Turner. Yeah, he's not. He's not Freddie Freeman, you know. I sure. hate to, I hate to he's break not, it to you. He's not the top of the league. He, he's not the absolute cream of the crop. And I'll be honest, he's not Juan Soto, right? He's he's not yeah. any of these guys, right? Right. He's not even close. There's he's not a top even twenty five list, and he might break the twenty fifth spot. Maybe I don't even think he does that. He huh. might he might we can go he down our list of 25 top players might be top 50 okay the white Sox need a top 25 player they don't have it that's look and and that in the same token you've got the angels right where it's like they've got the two best players period and and this this argument comes up all the time but it's like okay so a superstar is actually not enough. So it, we so, do have to think core. about all the pieces that are around. There is shit. The White Sox have the pieces. Mm-hmm. They have the pieces. They're missing the cornerstone. That that I can agree with. And, and again, this is why I think I sit at three o'clock on the clock is because we can get a cornerstone guy 
they're gonna all- they're gonna have to they're gonna have to trade from their pieces that they have to get a cornerstone, or. I mean, here's the thing. They've already missed their window. I mean, who's their cornerstone going to be now? Missed their window, fam? They missed their window for a cornerstone piece. The, yeah, like for in the free agent market. Unless, it, unless it's Trey Turner. Yeah. You can or Aaron Judge. You. That's yeah. who it's going to be. It's, it's got to be either Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, or you go and trade for it. And I don't think the White Sox have enough to trade for it right now. I, I'm... A lot of folks have thrown up their hands and said there's no shot that the White Sox sign Aaron Judge. He'd be the perfect fit. He would literally be the perfect fit. Like, yep. the perfect fit. And he seems like a guy that Jerry could get behind, where it's like, he plays... I'm th- Heavy, heavy quotes, because this is to an older generation, but he plays the game the right way. Yep. Like, yep. that's the kind of guy that Jerry likes. Mm-hmm. You know? So yep. who knows? Maybe, you know, they have Kenny bring Judge into the stadium for like a let's tour the park together. And Jerry comes down and meets him. And Jerry's like, wow, I really like that guy. I'll give him literally any dollar amount. Maybe it like to call me in fantasy. Say I'm in fantasy land. That's fine. I mean, I think we are in fantasy land. Just talking about it. Unfortunately, I look. But there's the thing. This is, this is where they fucked up. And this is why it was such a big deal in the offseason of 2019. And I think we've brushed it, like we've brushed over it as fans and we've finally gotten over it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they missed a golden, golden opportunity. Yep. To kick start the to end the to to officially end the rebuild yes. and kick start a championship run. Yes. With missing out on Machado and Harper. So they they should have signed they absolutely should have signed one of those two they they were the team to do it and you know they went other places so yep. i that look again like that is something that you can point to and say rick Hahn fucked up like if you want to point at that and say like that's the issue i i'm okay with that but like saying like these these like i don't think jerry cares enough about the team like okay that is subjective and we can all disagree on that one way or another but it's not going to change because jerry's going to be jerry and he's going to be the owner so yeah anyway uh, that's kind of like my loose rant on like let's talk about things that are actually going to change in the future um <laughs> and not throw our hands up and say like well this whole organization sucks top to bottom let's just fucking like all be miserable together i'm not i'm not okay with that kind of a conversation because it's like it's it's overdone and i'm sick of it yeah i just that's where, that's where i'm at so look like yeah what so here's the thing i know our, our our, I'll say this. Our old phrase was rebuild or bust and Han we trust. And I know we've been saying in Han we trust. And I, I don't even know if I can say that anymore just because mm-hmm. I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that Bryce Harper is almost hitting 500 in the postseason right now. Yes. Yes, he is. With with, with, pa- with power, with power, not just mm-hmm. base hits. And Manny Machado was almost a seven B war player this season during the regular season. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Manny single-handedly almost brought the Padres to the postseason so that the team Mm -hmm. could flourish. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I hear you. 
No, I hear you. And we get to watch it together. You know, at the NLCS, all the White Sox fans can look at what could have been, basically. <laughs> but, you know, this is this is going to be the offseason. I think that I'm just going to be saying, please give me Aaron Judge and we'll see what happens. Um, we'll just see what happens. Uh, look, will it, is it likely? Maybe not. But it is literally the perfect fit. And Rick Hahn probably is fighting for his job right now. Oh, hot seat, hundred percent. So. so this this is absolutely a desperation kind of move where it's just like spend every penny on the guy who's going to solve all your problems. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Maybe they've been targeting. Maybe they haven't solved right field because they're like, well, Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent soon, and we really like him. Who knows? Is that your final thought, Tom? That is actually my final thought, Steve. And I know that uh, I upset you this podcast. No, you didn't upset me. I'm just cringing, just thinking about, trust me, my my frustration is not with you. It is with this franchise and, and everything about it. I, I cannot believe. I'm trying to get you out of that. Come on. Come back. Come back to the, come back to I can't the, be hopeful. I, 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 come on. Come I'm, try, on. I'm come trying on. to be hopeful, but it's going to take so many things for this franchise to make me believe. You that, got that 2023 is the year. Wait for Christmas. We're going to get Aaron Judge for Christmas, Steve. How great is that? Aaron Judge for Christmas? Come on, right after the winter meetings? Got to get excited for that, Steve. Let's get those hopes way up sky high. Let's go. Way too high. <laughs> oh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I can't even say our tagline because uh, oh, I, I, I have zero faith in, in this front office. In Han, we trust. I don't. So <laughs> have a good one, everybody. We'll be back at our normally scheduled <laughs> weekly time. See ya. Bye.